0: All right. We're back. Hello, everyone. Never have I ever season four. We have made it. So we are here to talk about the dynamics between Davy and Ben, friendships with Fabiola. We're um, Paxton, we've got coming back. So we have all the things to talk about to help you solve your own Teenage challenges to talk with your parents about your friendships, about your relationships, making your own decisions, um, possibly being a little more thoughtful in your decisions than Davey is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Davy definitely loses it quickly. She is a bit of a loose cannon. And it's always so surprising because I think that we have ideas about, you know, whether honor students are loose cannons or not, or whether people from particular cultures are loose cannons or not. And Davy seems to not fit any of our ideas or molds that we have somehow generated in our brain, which is so great. Yeah. Because none of them. Yes, this show is
0: a lot of fun for breaking all the stereotypes, and uh, yeah, this one, this episode brings up like the stereotypes of the robotics club, and um, I mean, yeah, there's so much to look at, but I like that never have I ever does sort of push the boundaries and change the stereotypes types and shows, and I can relate to being a little bit selfish. I am myself. I was when I was a teenager. We all have selfish streaks, so I like that Davey represents that and, you know, shows her emotions and has some outbursts sometimes <laughs> and doesn't handle everything perfect because that's relatable. So let's talk about it. Nikki, what did you think for season season four, episode one?
1: I mean, it starts out with what the cliffhanger was on the last Mm -hmm. episode of season three. So Davey and Ben sleep together and you find them in bed together looking very uncomfortable. And there were a couple of things that were said that I thought were just really interesting. One was, can you be bad at sex and especially sex with somebody that you have never had sex before? Maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them that well. These are two people who clearly know each other well, but have never spoken about that before. And they had this idea that there was something that they needed to do perfectly or something that they needed to do in what was it Fabiola or who was it that was saying the euphoria sex kind of way? Like it wasn't like euphoria sex. I've never seen that show. show. Oh, that (laughs) show. That I know that a... show would scare you. You were like a Jitty Georgia, scaredy, scaredy, scared yes. mom. Yes. I
0: mean mm-hmm. it, yeah. The euphoria is really scary to me. That show is pretty intense, right? Eleanor and Fabiola were saying, Oh, did you do um yeah, euphoria? Exactly. So can you be bad at sex or is just this, is this like just a normal feeling that relatable feeling of the first time you do something the first time you swing a t-ball bat you don't know if you're doing it right it doesn't feel comfortable and smooth and you're not sure how to you know do it so you're learning something new what do you think (laughs) I I think that the,
1: yeah, I mean, I think the only way that you could be bad, and I put that in quotes, if you're listening to this, you don't see it, but if you're watching it, you might, is if you don't talk to each other and don't listen to each other and don't actually have each other's best intention in mind. And that doesn't mean that, like you said before, you can't be selfish or there's nothing that you would want for yourself, but clearly it's an act involving two people. And if you're not involving that other person in the act, I think that that's probably the only way that you can be quote unquote bad at it. And I don't even know if bad is the right word. I don't think that there is a right word with that. I think that people who really adore each other, who are truly focused on being close and connected and pleasing each other and understanding what the other person wants and listening and and being respectful about what somebody doesn't want, that's always going to be good. And that can only get better. So, so interesting how they believe that somehow it was supposed to be good or not good with zero conversation whatsoever. And then there were all these assumptions made about how it was based on everybody's actions, but no discussion. Nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. Ben talked about it with some basketball hero. He met at the gym who gave him crap, crap advice. What was that? Dare you say that? It should be easy. There should be no discussion. It should just come naturally. What is that? Tell me, Mm -hmm. because I'm annoyed.
0: I mean, it is because you find. I mean, yeah, that's not great advice. And things are not easy and come with no discussion. Things are hard, and there are these awkward moments. And I don't think it necessarily has to be that you just lost your virginity to somebody, but you find yourself in awkward moments and feeling uncomfortable and you don't know what the right thing to say is. And That is something we can all relate to. But then as Davey and Ben are both feeling exactly the same, both of them are feeling scared and concerned and and unsure of what to do in this awkward situation. Davey jumps up and does the finger guns and says, see ya, and then Ben feels awkward and offers to call an Uber. And they both have good intentions, but nobody just says, hey, I don't know what to say right now. Or, hey, I'm right. Or what happened here? And what should, what are you thinking? Any of it, any of it at
1: all. Actually, Ben said something about the Uber before him because he said something- like, um, like, oh, I should get some sleep because there was an awkward silence. So I would love that you use that word awkward a lot. Like things get awkward sometimes. And why are we so uncomfortable with silences? Like, why isn't it okay just to sit there for a while and let something marinate a little bit? Or as somebody would say, let it compost a little bit, or you know, composting takes longer or whatever. You know, but but they could kind of sat there and and you know felt a little awkward for a little while and then just became curious. And I think that's my answer to everything nowadays, instead of becoming defensive, become curious. Like you have strength in your defensive defenselessness. So if you're not sitting around trying to defend yourself all the time, nobody's got anything to fight with you about. So just be mm. really curious, like, oh, that's so interesting. What were you thinking there? Like, what are you thinking here? You know, how is that for you? Like, how do you envision it being different? Like, anything at all? But curiosity Mm -hmm. and defenselessness right now is like my jam.
0: What do you think? I mean, those are always good things to think about. And then we see too that Davey responds with the text message and she has her initial text where she wants to say something that is genuinely her. And then her in this case it was Fabiola and Eleanor advise her no don't say that don't say what you genuinely feel that's putting yourself out there too much you're that's too vulnerable and then we see her embody Kristen Stewart right she decides oh I'll just become a completely different person who is not me. And then I will respond as someone else, which is the most disconnected thing. Whenever you are trying to be a completely different human than the person you are, that might be a little signal that you're being disingenuous. Why aren't you listening to your own heart, your own feelings, your own emotion? Why are you trying to embody some cool and aloof character Um, And we can see that that doesn't work out very well because she sends the kind of cold, cold text message and Ben doesn't feel the warmth and, you know, love from Davey. Well, I
1: don't know if he felt the warmth or didn't feel the warmth, but clearly the basketball star who I am blanking on his name felt like that was a brush off. i that was such a bad text from Davey. It's like, let's meet at the Starbucks. Like, you know, I am texting you first. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to see if we could talk about this, if we could see something more could develop here. She really was very in touch with the fact that she liked him and wanted mm-hmm. to continue to see if something could grow there. And he would have actually liked that because originally he had gotten a text and he's like, oh my God, I got a text from Davey. And he read the text to was it Howard? Wait, who is this guy?
0: Wait, who is this basketball player? I can't remember his name. My son would be so disappointed that I don't remember. I know, I
1: know. know. (laughs) My son would definitely be disappointed too, but I don't know. And, um, and, and he's the one who interpreted it in a way that Ben might not have interpreted it. So I think you said that, that correctly in both ways, like Davy was trying to embody somebody that wasn't her and Ben was taking the opinion of somebody that doesn't know him at all and doesn't know Davey at all. And doesn't mm-hmm. know the long friendship that they have cultivated and nurtured and what they've been through and so on. Like what led to that moment where Davey felt like he was the person that. She She could go knock on the door and say, listen, I feel vulnerable and interested enough at this moment to do this. And it was Ben. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it's a good point to bring up, like they, Ben and Davey both care each for each other. I think they both understand each other a little bit. They've known each other as a long time for a long time. I think as friends, they have evolved over years. They have seen each other's flaws. They have seen the good side of one another. And I think they both are in this place of genuinely caring and liking the other one, liking their personality, being attracted to them. And we can see that all the things are lining up for a good relationship, and then somehow it's still, it just gets awkward and weird and doesn't work out, which happens in life. I think sometimes we get stuck and we're like, why didn't this work? Why didn't this work? What was, was something wrong with me? Somebody didn't like me or I didn't do something right. And in this case, it really is two people who like each other, who know each other, who appreciate each other. And maybe both were kind of on track for the idea of this can develop into a relationship and I'm looking forward to that. And somehow it just goes off the rails and didn't work out that way.
1: Yeah, no, that kind of stinks, but I mean, it's a show and the show needs to go on at least for another nine episodes. So we do have a little bit of an awkwardness that turned into a whole summer because Mm -hmm. we really see them when they come back and Ben has already taken another girlfriend taken Margot, which is interesting. Like, it doesn't seem like Ben is ever really alone. He seems to take on at least a primary relationship with a woman like, and I find that really fascinating. If, If you are the mother of a son, it it's very common for a guy not to have really strong relationships where they could show a vulnerable emotional side to their friends and they find that in their primary kind of romantic and love relationship so maybe possible when they're younger but as you get older you'll just see that a lot of guys are looking for that particular relationship because really other types of relationships or at least intimate close vulnerable ones were never really allowed for men you know especially mm-hmm. in a society where we kind of raise them to you know do things that actually you know are more aggressive in that way whether it be go to war or something like that and so i find it interesting that ben always has a primary love relationship even though mm-hmm. he can't seem to figure out a friendship
0: yeah Well, and switching gears here for friendship, we have Paxton. I mean, Paxton (laughs) has his like strongest friendship with Trent. And then I liked that we see Paxton feeling lonely and he's a fish out of water now and he's experiencing something new. And then his homesickness really is for Trent, he's just wishing for that comfortable friendship of someone who accepts him and looks up to him a little bit and they have fun together. And uh, I think that the Trent and Paxton friendship is a little bit unique. And Fabiola and Eleanor, her friends I love and I really appreciate their advice and insight didn't have the best advice I felt like it at this point and in episode one and two. Or yeah, maybe was- I,
1: I keep forgetting that they're still trying to figure out how to be popular and cool. So even though they're very like thoughtful outside of the box thinkers in some way, they're still following whatever popular culture is, which sometimes I think gives them certain ideas about how things should be that don't necessarily either follow with what people want or where they're headed or so on. What So interesting about Paxton, because clearly he was not the party guy. He wasn't the beloved guy, but he gave up fairly quickly. Like, didn't we all go to college in the first year and struggle? Didn't we all have a roommate that we were ready to kill? Didn't we all feel really nerdy and, and unaware about what needed to happen next? But it looked Paxton kind of gave up. And I was a little bit sorry to see that, that he didn't stick that out a little bit more. Now we don't know what never have I ever timeframes are like, but it seemed like he gave up fairly quickly. I don't know what you thought about that.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. And I I wasn't clear yet. Did he get a job? It was like, he came back for an interview. So I, um, yeah maybe we'll hear more about that but certainly yeah he he chose college he the first conversation he told Trent I'm so glad I'm here it's great then when he realizes it feels a little awkward he did immediately (laughs) switch up and go back to his hometown um, which is something maybe surprising for Paxton Mm -hmm. and then we have a new brood of kind of Hot like pockets. <laughs> yes.
1: The hot the pockets
0: troublemakers at school.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the very hot looking, somewhat dangerous, little bit not too bright boys. Although mm-hmm. Paxton definitely was bright. I mean, I guess they 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 portray Trent in that different way, but Trent is always the one that comes out with some philosophical talk about something that is way beyond whatever we expect of him. What did you think about him asking Eleanor to marry him? I thought that was a good manipulative move. Like, all right, let's see if we can get what we need and want. And if we can't, we know we got to We got to run because that's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was a little unexpected, but Trent is one of those characters who you can just see. He follows his emotions, right? There's no, he is not the overthinker. He is not the marinate and consider. He's really just in that moment. He's either he's having fun or he's sad. He's 100% in on his emotion and he's in love with Eleanor. So it did seem kind of plausible that he would be Completely unaware of what anyone else was thinking or if this was a good idea and just decide I want to marry Eleanor and be with her forever because I feel crazy about her in this moment. Yeah, but I I thought for him, he was
1: definitely like he said something that I thought was really profound, that she was a bright, shiny star. So, Mm -hmm. you know, either he was going to commit to eternity or set her free. And he always knew that he wasn't good enough for her. That's for sure. So I think that was his kind of final last hurrah you know, or last ditch attempt to see if this was a situation that he should be part of or not. But I think setting Eleanor free is probably a pretty smart move on his part and mm-hmm. a little bit manipulative, but, you know, but he tried, listen, like you said, he threw it out there. Like he threw it against the wall and he decided to see what's stuck and nothing. Right. Stuck. So, you know, And I think it's a really good lesson for us. Like, we try things out there and they might go well or they might not, but sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And you'll never know unless you give it a whirl. So, you know, Trent is a good example of where he tries things and sees what happens.
0: Yeah. And I think Trent is an example of uh, like something that could be perceived as public humiliation where he doesn't get wrapped up in it. He just Mm -hmm. doesn't let, it affect him if people are judging him or people are thinking things about him that's not where his focus is right he's just Trent he's just going to be Trent and he's going to keep doing what he does and I think that's a good reminder to all of us that we don't have to be completely focused on what everyone else is thinking or how everyone else will perceive this if I take this action in front of other kids at school. What will they think of me? Trent's just like, oh, I want to do this. I'll do it. Oh, yeah, no, that, I really, oh, I sorry, love that. that was, um, yeah, and then he just keeps going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and I think we're kind of on episode two right now. So we're doing one and two here. We didn't really talk about Margo and, um, and Davey very much. Oh, I no, just wanted to make breeze? one quick comment about it. Um, Just that, that idea that we're all fighting over a pie that's not infinite, like it's a a finite piece of pie. And I think that, um, that we actually can realize that there is a bigger pie going on, especially related to women, you know, that women that women feel like we're we're fighting over crumbs constantly, and there is enough to go around. So I I just I feel like Margot and Davey are fighting over smaller crumbs of something, and the the crumb happens to be Ben, but but he's. I, just in general though, I'm thinking about women and how they're mean to each other. And most of the reason is that we feel like there isn't enough to go around. So we have to you know, fight and be mean as opposed to kind of boosting each other and being the wind beneath each other's wings in order to you know, see some success. I don't know if that truly is related to Margot and uh and to Davy, but I just think about that in terms of women and where we get petty and not supportive in certain ways when actually there is more than enough to go around, and if one of us succeeds, then all of us see the possibility of succeeding.
0: Yeah, and we see a couple attempts at that, right? Where they're like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I want to take ownership of the mistakes that I made, and I want to get past this and." I hope we can get over it and you see a few times that but it it just doesn't work one for one reason or another everyone keeps being offended and keeps being mean and everyone's still kind of holding on to mean things and then they put Ben in this really hard situation where it's like if you speak to the other one that means you don't care about me and Ben clearly he cares about Davy as a friend and wants her as a friend and he cares about Margo as his girlfriend and doesn't want to hurt her and is in this kind of hard position where both of them are saying you don't believe me you you're mm-hmm. standing by the other one um and he has to decide so I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. this is tricky
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, I heard that like as if there's not enough Ben to go around and there would be enough Ben to actually be a friend and a boyfriend. There could be, you know, people have more than one friend. People have more than one relationship. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what else we have to think about. There's so many great themes in this one, that whole idea about robotics and STEM being mostly a male thing and that girls aren't smart enough for it. And I was, it was really interesting how, you know, they finally got a girl to come to, you know, the robotics club meeting. But I think it's probably true in general. Like, you know, there's the trope going around that women are not as good at math or not as good at engineering. And so I think that that kind of gets programmed into us. And then we don't seek out those spaces because maybe we haven't had the opportunity to really work on it in the same way or be introduced to it in the same way. And you know, when people are, inviting you or not, you know, it's, it's like you, you always know where you're invited or not, even if there is, and I have my air quotes up again, a quote unquote invitation to go, you know, so women in some ways don't feel invited in these spaces. And it was so clear during this little interaction that happened with, you know, the, the girls and the robotics team and Fabiola.
0: Yeah. And I noticed another thing about this whole situation is like, are you friends with anyone who's kind of a jerk? And I think sometimes we end up friends with people or accepting people who might be a little bit of a jerk, and maybe that's okay. I'm not saying that's the end of the world, but paying attention to that. Because I'm talking about friendships a lot these days with my clients, I noticed that Fabiola sort of accepts Eric, who's really this big kind of selfish, offensive jerk, you know, like he's really not a nice guy. But we've seen him over the years. And I think Fabiola is just like, oh yeah, Eric and I are friends. And she kind of lets him go. But it is interesting to check in on your friendships and look at who are you friends with? Why are you friends with them? And what do you th- think about their personality and their behaviors because Fabiola hasn't been doing that and we see that she's been unaware of all these really offensive kind of rude and arrogant things that eric has been doing over the years to kind of alienate himself from any potential friendships or women joining the club um that he's just yeah out of his behavior. No, I completely,
1: I agree with you, but I, but I think Fabiola can kind of go into her own world in a way. So there's a way in which she doesn't notice things often enough until something happens because she is a person who likes to be thoughtful and kind, but it's almost like she's in her own Fabiola world. So yeah, totally. Oh my God. There's so so many things we can talk about. We, you know, we could talk about Nirmala and her new boyfriend and, you know, we think it's virtuous for somehow women, especially older women to like, you know, either stay in a relationship they don't want to be in or never have a relationship again as a newly single woman. I definitely know what that's like, but we do have to wrap up because we want to let you guys go and have those important conversations that you're, you know, going to have with your young person, just keep it really fun, keep it really light, keep it open without defensiveness. Remember whatever they're going through, even though it feels so personal, is not really about you. That's their experience. It's not your childhood. You could stay present and really just be a wonderful ally to your young person. So enjoy episode so one and two of season four and we are back and stay tuned next week for another episode.
0: Oh, Bye. Cool. Then.
1: If you want to really learn how to have the most meaningful, fun, connected conversations with your teenagers, get in touch with us and see if it makes sense to work together. You will stop future generational trauma as well as really decrease the incidence of high-risk behaviors just by your strong and close connections. All right, speak to you soon.